Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Here's what's cooking on the day's sports stove. We're going all local. That's right, talking Kentucky Wildcats and Eastern Kentucky Colonels. We've got some great guests. This is the first ever Sports Stove Local Hour. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. Welcome in to the first ever Sports Stove Local Hour. We are going to be dropping these podcasts every Wednesday, covering just the local sports focused mainly on the University of Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky University Athletics. And so during the football season, we're going to be previewing every game. We're working to have guests on each week to talk about these games and these teams as well. And today is no different. Today in our first ever Local Hour episode, we've got Eastern Kentucky's head football coach, Walt Wells. He's going to join us in just a few minutes. And then we have the opponent for Kentucky Wildcats, the University of Louisiana Monroe's head coach, Terry Bowden, son of the legendary head football coach, Bobby Bowden. So we're going to be talking to him later in the episode today as well. So we are excited uh, here. This podcast is based in Lexington, Kentucky, right on the border of uh, the Fayette County and Madison County lines. And uh, we're excited to bring for you this coverage. Um, any uh, all home games for Eastern Kentucky this year. I will be at the games in the press box and covering Eastern Kentucky for Belly Up Sports, uh, bellyupsports.com. And uh, we'll be using the content and things here in the podcast as well. So looking forward to that. Hopefully we'll get a chance to meet some of you fans and things as we're out and about as well. The Sports Stove Local Hour is presented by IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. Locally owned and operated by the man himself, Matt Schaefer, the IPM Pest and Termite Folks, we'll get you covered with any kind of pest that you have, ants, centipedes, spiders, uh, termites, mice, moles, whatever it may be. You need to get a hold of IPM Pest and Termite. These guys are the top of the top. They are professionals at the, the, the biggest meaning of the word. These guys will take care of you. Go look for yourself at the reviews on Google and on Facebook uh, and anywhere else you can find reviews. IPM Pest and Termite has high reviews. Uh, all by their customers, of course, there as well. So if you live in Central Kentucky and you've got a pest problem, you visit myipm.com to get more information and uh, make sure that when you schedule your appointment with IPM Pest and Termite, you let them know you heard about them on the Sports Stove Local Hour. Thank you, IPM, for your support of this broadcast and allowing us to present the fans of Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky, this broadcast each week. All right, well, let's get right into it. We're going to start off this week with Eastern Kentucky. Uh, game one, brand new conference. If you go, uh, if you follow the Sports Stove podcast, if you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, if you go back in time and look through our past episodes, we actually interviewed Ted Gumbert, the commissioner of the ASUN conference that Eastern Kentucky joined. We did this last year or earlier, uh, let's see here, I guess it would be last year still, when the announcement came out that Eastern Kentucky was joining the ASUN. So you got to go back a little ways, but you can find it. Ted Gumbert, good interview, great interview actually with him, very open about the conference and what's ahead for the ASUN conference. This year, Eastern Kentucky is playing with, in what's called uh, the AQ7. Uh, so the A-Sun is just revamping up the football program, and so next year it'll be full A-Sun. So they're kind of merging with the whack uh, in the scheduling and things like that this year uh, there as well. First matchup for EKU in this season is the same team they ended the season with last year. That's Western Carolina. 
And uh, before we get into too much of that, we, it's time to talk to a guest. And time for a guest is presented by La Terrain Watches. And if you use the code sports stove, when you go to law-terrain.com, you get 10% off your purchase of watches and accessories and uh, great stuff there. They got a brand new watch that they just uh, put out that is for pre-order right now. It is sleek. It is stylish. Everything you'll find at Law Terrain is just that as well. So time for a guest presented by Law Terrain. We are joined now by the head football coach of the Eastern Kentucky Colonels, Walt Wells. Coach Wells, thanks for being with us. Appreciate you having me. Look forward to it. Let's start with this. Uh, you guys are transitioning to a new conference, uh, ultimately to the A-Sun. This year's schedule will be a mixture with the uh, with the WAC. But uh, what does this move uh, in conferences do for your program? What does it mean moving forward for the program? Well, I think it, it shows the importance that uh, it – our university is placing on intercollegiate athletics as a whole uh, for football, for them forming a new uh, conference. I think it shows that we're serious about football uh, here at EKU, and it's a prideful sport that has had a lot of success throughout the years here, and that we're trying to give us an opportunity to come back and, and bring some of that pride back. Uh, not that it's ever really been gone, but you know what I mean. It's it, you, you want to play in a conference where there, there is competition day in and day out. And I think with our new conference, even even this year, obviously, with the national champions being in it, Stephen F., who, who played us and, and beat us last year, Central Arkansas, who we split with, and the list goes on, uh, you know, there's a lot of really good football teams in this. And so I think it'll be more than a one-bid one, uh, team uh, league. I think you'll see two to maybe three or four uh, get bids out of this uh, league. So, you know, excited about the opportunity to, to play new teams, bring new people into Roy Kidd Stadium and uh, and fill it up and have people in, enjoy that experience. Talk about a little bit more about that pride of EKU football. You were an assistant uh, under Coach Kidd, uh, and that was kind of the, the heyday. He's, he's the guy when you think of EKU football oh, coaches. Um, and so you obviously have some history then in the university. How are you teaching that history to the kids on your team? Well, I think, you know, the most important thing is, you know, they, they've heard it. They've been around it, you know, whether it was through uh, the previous coaching staff or myself or, or just reading up on the EKU. You can't miss it. I mean, Coach's stadium or statue is right here overlooking the stadium, which is where it should be. He's got a list of every player and every former coach and GA and trainer and manager and support staff. I mean, it, you know, Coach Kidd is EKU football. He is EKU, in my opinion. You know, I mean, the stadium's named after him. The road's named after him. And a lot of people would have never known who EKU was if it wasn't for EKU's football team and the success they had. So with that being said, you know, it, it's not been as successful as it, as it was in some of those periods of times, which was the late 70s to the – all the way to the mid nineties, uh, late nineties, a little bit. So there has been success and there has been championships. I know Danny went, won a championship and Dean won two, and uh, they did a great job here, but uh, you know, it, it's a consistency and performance that we're looking for. And we're looking forward to trying to this team to trying to be the building block of bringing EKU football back to where, what it's expected. And uh, you know, it's a process that's going to, uh, be ongoing and and we you know it's, everybody wants to be quicker <laughs> than than later and I understand that and I appreciate that but the the standard that Coach Kidd set here you know as a player as an assistant and then as the head coach will will hard will never be matched I mean but we're just trying to give our own piece of it back to EKU and to the into what he had represented so fondly. I grew up near Middle Tennessee State University, and my dad always told me, you know, back in the day, the heyday, oh, man, MTSU, EKU, Western, those kinds of teams there. With the transitioning in conference, um, is there is there a method behind kind of starting a new tradition, a new uh, rivalry, anything like that, or are we just sticking with the old stuff and, and uh, still working on beating the in-state guys? Well, I think, uh, you know, Right now, we don't have any in-state guys on our schedule. So, yeah. we'll, we'll obviously, we want to play uh, Western. We want to play, you know, uh, Murray and teams that, you know, that are 
going to play us in Kentucky and Louisville. Playing Louisville, I shouldn't say we don't have any. We have Louisville <laughs> on our schedule this year, but uh, but we, you know, as I was thinking of the teams you were mentioning, yeah, you know, for us, it's all about getting in a conference that's going to challenge you week in and week out. You know, because iron sharpens iron, and we have to be able to do that. And we want to chase greatness. We don't want to, you know, flounder in and maybe be good every now and then and things like that. I mean, that's, I think that's as a university, that's as, a, as an athletic program. And then obviously that's, you know, as a football program is what, where my hands are touching. And so we think that it, that will provide us an opportunity, you know, whether or not we win the conference, we may, you know, we have an opportunity to get in the playoffs. If you look at the record, uh, 79 uh, national championship team didn't win the conference, but they won a national championship. I went, I left here in 02 and in 03 uh, went to Western Kentucky. Well, they just won a national championship in 02 under Jack Harbaugh and they didn't win. The, they came in third in their conference, but they were in such a good conference in the gateway conference at that time that they were able to get into playoffs. They were on a roll and the roll continued and, you know, they ended up winning a national championship, their first ever in football. And, and, and only, I think. And so, so, you know, it's important that you play really good teams along the way and, and that you're getting tested week in and week out. It raises a standard for your administration. It raises a standard for your recruiting. It raises a standard on how you do a lot of things. And, and so that's what we have to do. And I, I think my experience in the SEC has taught me that. I think my experience in the Gateway Conference taught me that. And my playing experience in the OVC, when the OVC had all those teams you were mentioning, uh, taught me that too. I mean, it was a tough conference. And so you you knew week in and week out, there was no team you're going to go out there and roll your hat against. And, and you know, that doesn't build you up. That just makes you feel good on Saturday night probably. I thought we were getting a subtle dig at Louisville there for a second. I thought, no, I was, no, 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 no. Great. I, I was thinking, you know, FBS no, I got you. not not FBS. No, we, we got a tall task week too. I promise you that. I, Definitely. I, a lot of those guys over there are good coaches and good people, and uh, you know, we, we're going to worry about Western Carolina right now. Definitely. We'll get to Western Carolina in just a second. Uh, let's talk about your team this year. Several transfers in. Um, you added some some really high-quality players to the team through the transfer uh, transfers and things like that. Of course, you've got a good class coming in as well. Um, you've also got some solid veterans on the team already. So let's talk just briefly about a lot of people are saying, uh, talking about your defense and kind of overlooking the offense a little bit. So let's start with the defense, though, because it is it's, it's incredibly deep. And, and very stacked, including the new people, but with the veterans that are here as well. So what are you excited about with your defense this year? Well, we, we just finished our first scrimmage on Saturday, and, and our defense had a really good day. Our offense had some um, – didn't finish drives like we wanted them to, but they had some good moments. And so I'm really excited about the team as a whole. So I don't want it to overshadow that part of it. But our defense really did some good things. And I, I love, first and foremost, how they're playing fast and how they're playing physical. Uh, I think you cannot play football at any level or any position where you're just constantly thinking. Now, you have to think and you have to know your assignment. And you have to do all that. But I love the way they're playing fast and they're playing with some physicality and they're playing as a unit. And I feel like Jake uh, Johnson, our defensive coordinator, and the rest of our staff has done a great job in building that mentality in them. You know, we finally had spring practice. We finally had, you know, winter conditioning. We finally had everything that we missed last year mm -hmm. that I think brought that on. We've added some really good pieces that are going to end up starting for us or or playing heavily for us, and uh, they're making a difference. They grew our defense up a little bit because we were re relatively young. And, uh, and so I'm excited about watching those guys play. I mean, you know, we got two transfers in that I think are going to make an immediate impact are John Blunt and uh, – and Kyle Bailey, both from Western Kentucky, which is not popular to say around here, but Western <laughs> didn't want them, and so, or they didn't want Western, I should say, and and so we uh, we got them, and we're excited about them. They're good people, they're good players, and and you know I really think they're going to be good teammates, and so really excited about them. We've got some a deep a deep defensive front, and where Quentin Floyd had the best day I've seen him have since he's been around, and Quentin was here uh, when we got here, and. Uh, played some last year and worked worked hard for us last year, or played a lot last year, I should say. 
and he's done a really nice job. Um, we got a true freshman that played last year named Ryan Jackson at nose guard that's really coming on and doing some good things. And Shane Burks is right behind him and doing a nice job. So I'm really excited about where we're at and and the depth we have and the competition we have now. Um, I feel like last year we probably didn't have that, whether it was to opt out, transfers, whatever. Um, and, and this year we're really solid with what we're doing on defense and you know, we've got a ways to go still, and we still got time to get there. So uh, I, I feel like we will, but really excited about how fast they're playing right now. On offense, I've heard you say, you know, you've kind of been pigeonholed because you're, you're an offensive line coach for so long. Everyone just assumes it's going to be run, 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 run. But you've talked about the way the game has changed and the need to open the offense up like that. Um, you've brought, you got some talented wide receivers. You have a decent run game as well. Uh, some experience at quarterback also offensive line looks pretty solid. Uh, so on the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, obviously you're not going to tell us your game plan, but, but what, no. what, what's it looking like on the offense? Well, I've, I've, I feel good where we're at town. We've got probably more new parts on offense than we do on defense. And so with that, even normally your offense is behind anyway. Now with the new parts comes, you know, learning each other and being behind because it's just a, a timing thing on offense. And that's probably what was wrong with us Saturday when I watched the tape. When I left the field, that's what I felt. When I watched the tape, that's what I felt. We're just not in sync like we should be. Parker McKinney's our quarterback. He's done a great job in camp, did a great job last year until he got hurt. A uh, really talented individual from Knoxville, Tennessee area, Cofield, Tennessee. I'm really pleased with his camp. Uh, we brought in Cord uh, Sandberg, who is uh, was a backup quarterback at uh, Auburn last year, and, and he's coming in and he's competing for the job. And uh, he, he's uh, really talented, but like anything, it takes a while to learn it when you miss spring and you know you're going through everything. But he's shown flashes of a lot of athleticism and a strong arm. Uh, up front, we uh, we've got depth, we've got numbers. We have to come together and play together, and that's hard to do early in, in camp with all the different things that, you know, the defense is moving. They're doing all the different things they do. But I feel we're, we will be solid up front. I like uh, where we're at. You know, Andy Richmond is our offensive coordinator, and he does a, a really good job. I've known Andy since um, 2002, I guess it was, when he came here to be my GA well, my last year here, and Andy's been at Wisconsin, been a uh, Valdosta State's coordinator when they won a national championship. So he's been around it all. And the the only thing that you know, I I tell Andy, you know, and I'm I'm an eye for him, obviously, and help him. But the only thing I want Andy to do is pump the ball down the field because we've got receivers that can go get it. We got a quarterback that can get it down there, and I feel like we got a line that can protect. So, you know, in in the and you come to watch us play, you're going to see us stretch the field and throw the ball downfield. You know, are we going to complete them all? Well, I hope so, but I don't know if we will. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're you're going to see the ball fly. And uh, and then we've got two really good – two to four really, you know, five really, I guess you think about it, good running backs. I mean, uh, I think we've hit that position really well. We've had uh, Keandre McGlure, who was a state leading rusher in the state of Florida his senior year of all divisions, uh, is came out of the spring as the number one, brought in John Hewitt, who was from Nashville, Tennessee, played at Davidson Academy, and uh, he's uh, transferred from Purdue, who's looked really good. And then Braden Sloan and uh, Jariah Hightower are, are both doing real well, and along with Telly McAllister. So, you know, uh, Braden's from Wayne County. I said on signing day, I thought he was a still of the, you know, I call it the draft, still of the, still of the draft, and – and I still think that he's a really talented player, uh, good size, good speed, good maturity. Uh, and so I'm excited about all that. And then we moved Dak Allen, our former quarterback, to wide out. Now we went from losing two or three wide, uh, tight ends to, to having a get, you know, and I was going to go out and maybe get one from the portal. Now I've got one from the portal. He's just from our portal. And uh, very, very athletic, very physical learning how to play the position, but uh, especially with the blocking aspects, mm -hmm. but very willing to block, uh, good teammate, and just really proud of Dak and what he's doing, and Malik Owens, um, who, who's, do, you know, doing well and is a redshirt – I guess he's a redshirt sophomore, redshirt freshman. There's still a debate on what this COVID <laughs> stuff is doing, but he's, he's going into his third year. So uh, Malik's got a lot of size and a lot of ability. He's just got to continue to push, and then – We've got two guys behind them, Reese Atkins and uh, and Jake Sloan, who are uh, young and learning and both improving daily. So 
I'm excited about it. I, I really am. I, I, I can't wait. You know, I said it last week. I can't wait to the scrimmage to come around, you know, and then it came around and now I can't wait for the next one, <laughs> you know, because I want to <laughs> see how much we improve in a week. Yeah. Uh, we had the day off. Today was the first day of class. So I gave them all off, make sure they all went to class. So they didn't get dropped out of school or anything. And then uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow. We talked with Ted Gumbert, the uh, ASUN commissioner last year, right when the announcement was made that EKU was moving in. And there was a lot of optimism from him. And I've heard other people talk about EKU football this year. There's a lot of just excitement around the program as a whole, which is really neat to see. What does this team need to do this year for you to consider it a successful season? Well, I think anytime you want it to be a successful, you want to be competing for a championship at the end of the year. You know, people remember what you do in November. And right. so we've got to make sure that we're we're in the conversation in November. Um, you know, the biggest thing, you know, that's the tangible thing that everybody sees. The thing that I want to see is us play consistently every week and and, and not be – on a roller coaster ride of up and down, up and down, but consistently just get better and better each week and compete each week. Uh, it's like I told the team the other night, we're going into a schedule in a league where, you know, there is no blowouts. There is no, all right, you know, this was going to be easy this week. Let's, you know, blah, 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 you know, and, and in some cases there, you know, in the past, whether it was here or in other places I've been, that's, that's been the case. There is none for us, okay? So we're going to have to go out and compete every week. And, you know, I, I asked him, I said, what's the results you're looking for? Oh, we want to do this. No, 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 no. We just want to be one point better than the other team every week. Hmm. And, and that's all we want to be. But we, but we don't look at the scoreboard until the end. We just want to consistently play EKU football the way it's supposed to be played, the way you're being coached, the way you're being demanded to play and go out there and play it. And when we wake up at the end of the game and 60 minutes is off, hopefully we're the winners. <laughs> Western Carolina is the first game of the season. I know it can't get here soon enough for you. Uh, you'll be on the road for that game. Uh, an interesting team. A lot of change has been made for Western Carolina. They got a quarterback in Rogan Wells. Uh, he's thrown for 84 touchdowns and ran for 27 touchdowns throughout his career. Very experienced quarterback. I honestly don't know a whole lot about Western Carolina outside of that. Yeah. So what are you looking at for that game? What What do you have to watch for and be prepared for? Well, I think the biggest thing we gotta we gotta worry about ourselves. We gotta be we gotta know what we do. We gotta know how to adjust. Obviously, we've we've gone all over from where their coaches are have been and tried to pull you know, get tape and study what they, you know, they did at the certain stops they've been at. Uh, we were familiar with the quarterback because he was at Valdosta, was trans, went in the portal. We looked at him and, and had some conversations with him uh, and just ended up going in a different direction. And uh, he went to Tuscan last year where Kerwin's son was, and now he's back with uh, with uh, Kerwin at uh, Western Carolina. And, you know, they, they were, you know, a talented team last year. Now I know they got hit with the portal and we're trying to figure out who all portal guys they brought in. But, uh, you know, so it'll always be interesting. And they didn't have spring ball and things. But, you know, they're, they're going to be a good team. Their kids have pride. And the way the game ended last year, they're going to be prideful about that. And so we know we're going to get their best shot. It's opening day for new staff, new staff, new, you know, everybody. Labor Day weekend's a big weekend up in Cullowee. Uh, no hotel rooms around. I don't know if they're all coming to the game, but no hotel rooms around. And so it, it'll be a fun experience for our kids. It'll be a fun experience for us. And we need to go out there and play EKU football and just do what we know how to do and do it consistently. And if we do it consistently at a high level, then we'll be fine. Awesome. Coach Walt Wells with EKU and uh, our first official guest on the Sports Stove Local Hour episode. So we surely appreciate your time, Coach, and good luck this season. Well, I appreciate being the first. Thanks for having me. Look forward to it in the future, too. Yes, sir. A big thank you to Coach Walt Wells. Sure appreciated his candidness in the interview there and taking the time to talk with us. A big thank you to the staff at EKU as well for helping us get everything set up with that interview. Some universities have been really easy to work with. Uh, Indiana University, shout out to them. They've been great to work with. We've got to talk with Tom Allen multiple times on the on the Sports Stove podcast. EKU fits right into that category. Just the staff is great and uh, and easy to communicate with and work with. So thank you uh, both to Coach Wells and the staff. And we're looking forward to bringing more coaches and, and players onto this podcast as the season 
progresses as well. But now it's time to get into the preview of week one against Western Carolina. We heard a lot of good stuff from Coach Wells on on the game coming up. Western Carolina was 1-8 and eight last year. They haven't won more than three games except for one time in the last decade. Uh, they've got a new head coach, though, Kerwin Bell. And he's transitioning the Catamounts to an offensive focus as opposed to a defensive focus. He spent time in South Florida, at the University of Florida, and he went undefeated in 2018 as the head coach of Valdosta State uh, there in Division II. So he brings with him an offensive flow that's going to bring some a different dynamic, I guess, to the field compared to what we saw last year when EKU played Western Carolina. Western Carolina has a decent run game. It's led by sophomore Makai Stanley. They've got several transfers. Western Carolina went to the transfer portal and they collected as many people as they could and are hoping to have a quick turnaround for this program. Maybe not be top level immediately, but in the next uh, two years, be at least back to winning uh, more games as opposed to losing most of the games. The defense is led by linebacker Ty Harris. Uh, he last year had 89 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, and four sacks. But to be honest with you, this defense just is not good for Western Carolina. First game under the new coach, there might be some surprises, but ultimately, Eastern Kentucky is the more talented team coming into this matchup. EKU is starting at quarterback Parker McKinney. Uh, he was very good last year before his injuries, and of course, Coach Wells talked a lot about that. McKinney is from Cofield, Tennessee, threw for 1,300 yards, completing 64% of his passes, 12 touchdowns, five interceptions, all in six games last season. Uh, the run game is going to be led by McGlure and Hewitt. And again, Coach Wells talked about them. These are guys that they believe in. Uh, and then the big, the interesting thing is Dak Allen, where he's now transitioning to tight end. How effective can he be? There's not a whole lot of question marks about his effectiveness when it comes to catching the ball. It is those other small details of being a tight end, the blocking and understanding the run game a little better uh, that he's going to have to improve on just because it's not going to be natural to him. But everything that we've seen out of Dak Allen, and again, all reports say perfect teammate, a uh, guy that's willing to learn. He just wants to play football, and so he should transition well uh, there as well. And the defense, it really is a phenomenal defense for EKU. They bring back some really talented guys along with adding some new talent through the transfer portal, even the new class that comes in. Uh, Coach Wells talked about a number of those guys there in the interview, John Blunt, Kyle Bailey. Uh, Ryan Jackson, those those guys there are going to lead the way up front. As long as they can get a push, they're going to dominate the line. They should dominate the line here in, in week one against Western Carolina. Our prediction for game one of the Eastern Kentucky football season against Western Carolina is EKU 45, Western Carolina 27. Uh, this is a number I had to think hard about for Western Carolina. I think they're going to put up some points, and a lot of it may be later in the game. But nonetheless, I think eventually they're going to score some points. So we're going to go EKU with the win, 45, and Western Carolina, 27. I think week one, it's on the road, uh, but it's going to be a, a great way for us to see exactly what kind of team this is going to be this year. Lots of heart. I think the offense is going to be dynamic, and I think the defense is going to be solid, and they're going to hold their own in most cases as well. But as you get late in the game and you get the substitutions because the game's out of hand, you might see Western Carolina put a few points up towards the end of the game as well. So we're looking forward to continuing to give you the best coverage of Eastern Kentucky football outside of the university itself. Uh, we're doing our best to give you that each Wednesday uh, here, and we're excited to be joining uh, the team as far as covering EKU sports. When we come back, we're going to talk the University of Kentucky, Kentucky Wildcats, and their week one opponent, the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. With over 20 years of experience, Matt Schaefer and the good folks at locally owned IPM Pest and Termite provides pest control service for all of Central Kentucky's pest control needs. Whether you have a current pest control problem or want to prevent infestation from ever entering your home, IPM Pest and Termite offers maintenance programs that will help keep pests out of your home and provide peace of mind. So for dependable, reliable services that you can count on, get in touch with our good friend Matt Schaefer and IPM Pest and Termite today at myipm.com. That's myipm.com. 
Built for the man on the go, the Compass by Law Terrain is primed to take on life's moments, from casually keeping time around the boardroom table to backing you up in tough terrain. Style and function go hand-in-hand with this wristwatch that offers dependability under any circumstance. The sporty nature of a chronograph pairs well with a variety of leather and nylon straps and bands to complete any look. Reliable, versatile, great-looking, and easy to wear every day. All Law Terrain watches are backed with an international 24-month warranty to protect against any manufacturer issues. We stand behind our products because we know they are built to high expectations. Visit law-terrain.com and use code SPORTSSTOVE for 10% off. Welcome back to the Sports Stove Local Hour. We are now transitioning from EKU to UK. And the Kentucky Wildcats have their first game of the season. Mark Stoops comes in 49-50 and 50 in his career as the head coach. And uh, now we're going with a new quarterback, right? Will Levis. A lot of uh, talk about Will Levis coming into the year, uh, how he eats bananas, how strong of an arm he has. The question, though, really has nothing to do with bananas. And honestly, even a strong arm when it comes down to the fact that Will Levis, his struggles have been accuracy. And uh, but he has athleticism to go with his arm as well. So if Will Levis has been able to put it together, if this coaching staff has been able to help him improve in some of these areas, he might give Kentucky one of the better chances they've had to compete in the SEC in quite some time. Now, if you go around and listen to the local uh, newspaper writers who we hope to have on this program in the coming weeks, if you listen to the local radio hosts, most of them in the Lexington area will tell you this team's going to win eight games. Some of them say 10 games. I've even heard 11 games from one person. I just can't see that happening. When's the last time Kentucky's run uh, had a winning season in the SEC alone? It hasn't happened. Uh, you had the one miracle season, right? The 10-win season with Terry Wilson. Then the next year you had the injuries and ultimately uh, a failed season, although they had some great stuff with Lynn Bowden and, and did some really neat stuff there. And then again, more disappointment last year, ultimately compared to the expectations that were set. So this year they come in again with relatively high expectations. Most people have Kentucky finishing third in the division uh, there in the SEC. And, uh, you know, I am not honestly sure they can get there either. I think they have the the talent to get there. The question is, can they put all the talent, the right pieces together uh, to accomplish what they have to accomplish? Kentucky has an incredibly strong offensive line. They've got a solid run game. They always have under Mark Stoops. And they've got a really good defense. But honestly, like I said, there's not much to show for it. The success or the lack of success that they've had in recent years when they've had expectations to succeed, it still has not gotten where they need to get with the exception of the one 10-win season. And so now you look at this team, and they've got all the pieces, right? Supposedly, Will Levis at quarterback. We still haven't seen him play in a game at Kentucky. So there has to be a little bit of, of skepticism until we see it. That going, too, with the offensive system under Liam Cohen, you know, is he going to open it up, spread it out? Supposedly, Kentucky has great wide receivers. We were told that last year we just never got to see him because there was no one to throw him the football. So if Will Levis throws the football and throws it well, the receivers have an opportunity to, to make plays, and there are some real playmakers on this team. Uh, but that kind of what it comes back to, will they throw the ball? We know that they're going to run the ball. They should, right? Chris Rodriguez is phenomenal. Uh, give them the ball, a great offensive line in front of them. They should run the football, but – What's going to put them over the top is if the pass game can really get going. Uh, let's see here. They're playing Louisiana Monroe, by the way, and Kentucky is favored by 29.5 points over Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Monroe is an interesting team. they got a brand-new coach in Terry Bowden. It's his first year. The team was 0-10 last year before he comes in. They have an offensive coordinator in Rich Rodriguez. You remember him? He was at Michigan. Didn't go over so well in Michigan, but he's been other places, had some success. Now he's the offensive coordinator at Louisiana Monroe, and he brings with him his son, Rhett Rodriguez, to be the quarterback. He's a transfer in. They got him from the transfer portal. Uh, he has a lot of experience, and he's a very athletic kid. So he kind of fits the mold of what Rich Rodriguez wants to run when it comes to the offense. They have an electric young running back, Caden Roach. He's a guy to watch for. He is uh, definitely a, a legit college running back there as well. The offense that they bring in, Terry Bowden and Rich Rod, they bring in a offensive philosophy that should get them some wins. Not a lot, not in the first year especially, but some wins nonetheless. When it comes to Louisiana Monroe, you want to find a weakness, you look to the defense. Their defense is 
bad. Now, they brought in some transfers to help, but again, this defense is not good. This is the kind of game that Kentucky should dominate, that we go away from this game seeing all the wonderful things that Kentucky can do this year, and it should give a lot of optimism to the fans as they watch it as well. If this game somehow stays close, that's going to be a big loss for Kentucky, even if they come out with the win. They should dominate this game. Again, Louisiana Monroe, the run game should be decent, but the defense is going to be bad, and honestly, I'm not sure they have the wide receivers to be able to hold up on the pass game as well. Like I said, Kentucky uh, is a 29.5-point favorite as of the last time I checked. The the starting uh, depth chart came out this week as well. Not too many surprises uh, there. Uh, Darian Kennard's the guy to watch. Kennard, excuse me, he's the offensive tackle. He's going to be starting at right tackle. He's the guy that should go in the first or second round of the draft next year. you got Eli Cox, Luke Fortner. Kenneth Horsey and Dare uh, Rosenthal there as well. Will Levis, of course, at quarterback. Josh Ali and Wandale Robinson. He's been the big talk at camp, right? He is electric playmaker, has a great opportunity both in the return game and as a receiver. Let's get him the ball and see what he does. Justin Rigg, the tight end uh, there. Chris Rodriguez, the running back. When you look on the defensive side of the ball, Josh Paschal up front, uh, an, an important senior for the team, Marquand. Uh, McCall and then Abdul Abadi Fitzgerald starting on the defensive line. You're going to see a fair number of defensive linemen play this year. Jordan Wright uh, there on one side. J.J. Weaver coming back from injury. He'll get some opportunity possibly in week one, but they're expecting him to play more as the season goes on coming back from the injury. DeAndre Square, Jacquez Jones, important pieces there as linebackers as well. Carrington Valentine and Cedric Dort on the corners. Then, of course, Yusuf Corker, Devontae Robinson as the safeties. And it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together there. I'm worried about the cornerbacks, honestly, um, how well they can cover. This game, again, against Louisiana Monroe shouldn't be that big of a deal. But when you get into the heart of SEC schedules, those are the guys that I'm watching. They're going to have to step up. They're going to have to play top-notch, top of their game to be successful and uh, and really come out uh, well at the end of this season. A successful season for Kentucky is a winning season in the SEC. If you get a winning record in the SEC, you've got to consider that success. We'll talk about more of that in just a moment. My prediction for the Kentucky-Louisiana-Monroe game is Kentucky 48, Louisiana-Monroe 20. I believe that Kentucky, again, dominates this game, and that 20th point might come really late in this game as well. This week, the pest coming into town into Lexington is Louisiana Monroe. If you have pests in your house, you need to call IPM Pest and Termite. IPM Pest and Termite is Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals, and they can help you with any of your pest needs. Visit myipm.com. Now, for the pest of the week, we're bringing in an interview. I'm not sure how much he appreciates being called a pest, but Louisiana Monroe's head football coach, Terry Bowden, the son of the legendary Bobby Bowden, joins us now. We are joined now by head coach of the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks, Coach Terry Bowden. Coach, thanks for being with us. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a it's a true honor, honestly. Uh, your dad was one of my favorite coaches growing up, and uh, it's awesome to be following your career through as well and, and excited to talk with you today. Your first year at Louisiana Monroe, you're coming in off of last season, the team was 0-10. Mm-hmm. So what are kind of the expectations, I guess, for your first year there? Well, we're just going to – first time we ever get a lead on somebody. We didn't We didn't lead in a game. 0-10 and, and never led in one football game. So, first time we get ahead of anybody, we're going to call Tom out and get a picture taken up on the scoreboard and uh, kind of get this thing rolling. You know, the, the expectations here are like any any program. When you, and they were down. I mean, it's, it, you say, well, that's a terrible program to take over. No, for a coach that wants to build a winning program, you, you got nowhere to go but up. And so, uh, Kentucky may not be the gauge I want to gauge our team's success on. But it is a game that we need to play, Kentuckys and, and LSUs and things like that. We need to play those teams. And I've done that when I've been at a group of five level of football. And I've been on the other side when I was the head coach at Auburn. Um, but we'll have an ex- our kids are excited. They're excited about playing football uh, to redeem themselves. It'll be a long season. We've got a lot of really good teams in our conference. But we also have some teams rebuilding in our conference. So we know where we want to go. And I think we know how to get there. We just got to make sure we don't go into – we need to go into 
Kentucky understanding you may have plan A, you may have plan B, and there may, may even have plan C, but you got to have a plan for what comes in the outcome of that game. Definitely. Now, you've built a, a good staff, very good staff around you as well. Um, you've got a very experienced offensive line coming in this season. You've got transfers coming in at quarterback. My understanding is Rhett is going to be your starting quarterback. Is that true? Yeah, Rhett Rodriguez um, uh, transferred in and came in January. So he was only about three or four guys came new came in January, uh, and he's our starting quarterback on the starting quarterback position, uh, and he's done a great job of taking our offense that uh, what I brought with him from Clemson, what his dad brings with him, and combining that to uh, what uh, and, he, and he's a, he's kind of a, a coach on the field. He he's 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 more of your guy, you know, and he wants to be a football coach. So he he's he's got his uh, undergraduate degree from Arizona, where he started a couple of games there. Uh, got his master's degree, and now he's working on his doctorate. So he's a pretty smart, uh, smarter than Rich. Rich tells me, and so uh, <laughs> he's he's got the quarterback position. He's just a good, he's a good old coach's kid type of quarterback. Yeah, well, you know a thing or two about coaches' kids. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of excitement around your running back, uh, Caden Roach. Um, what does he bring to your offense? Well, you know he's steady, and, and I think we've got we probably got three running backs. And Caden is our number one running back, but we'll do a lot of running back by committee. I, I think none of them have stood out and, and gotten too much higher than the other one, uh, but we have three that will run real hard. I, we don't have a, a running back like Rodriguez that Kentucky has, uh, so at least they won't know which one to, 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 to hit the hardest. They'll have two or three of them in the game. Because we have a couple, we have with several that play about the same. They're tough. They'll, 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 they'll take a hit. Uh, and so – they're just got to be ready to what they're going to get hit in that first game, you know. Definitely. Uh, the defense last year for the Warhawks gave up 465 yards a game, 42 points per game. Your first game, you've already mentioned it against Kentucky, right. is you know, maybe not the best one to gauge the team against. But uh, what have you guys been able to do? I know there's been a lot of movement in the transfer portal. What have you guys been able to do to kind of start improving that defense moving forward? Well, a defense is, is such an attitude. I think you play defense. You have to play defense with an attitude. Uh, now, we, and we'll have a little chip, a little chip on the shoulder attitude, uh, a little prove ourselves attitude. Uh, and the really the only thing we can do it, that we demand is that we play hard and play fast, and that we're as tough as anybody we play. There's one thing we're not going to be. We should not be any less against Kentucky or LSU or anybody on our schedule that we need to play as hard as everybody else. We need to play as hard as we can play, be as tough as we can be. Uh, and the chips going to fall where they fall. You know, we've got we've got a conference to play. Uh, we're we're going to gauge. We're going to go out there into Kentucky to play our best football. We're going to our pep talks are going to be about winning. But you got to also be realistic and have your 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 players ready for Plan B or even Plan C. Because when you take over a program, this is the sixth program I've taken over. Uh, when you're taking over a program that's losing, there's four stages you got to go through. You lose big, then lose close, then win close, then win big. And unfortunately, you almost have to go through all those process, all that process, uh, before you turn your program completely around. So we'll be doing that this year. Kentucky's not my dream team to open up with, but it is what it is. And uh, if I'm going to be here in the Sun Belt, which I'm going to be, it's like the MAC, and our non-conference games are usually right there at the beginning, and we got to play them early. Yeah. Um, speaking of Kentucky, how much has the program at Kentucky changed since your time in the SEC at Auburn? Yeah, when I, 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 last time I was in Lexington, we played Kentucky. Bill Curry was the head coach, and we got we got them pretty good. I, I'd say a lot at Kentucky has changed. When I was in the SEC, Kentucky was one of those guys on the bottom side of the conference that, you you know, you got Kentucky and you got Vanderbilt and you got other teams. They were not a strong – it's always been a great basketball school. And, and, they, and people have always said, well, you can't be great basketball and great football. Mark Stoops has proven that wrong. You can be both great basketball and great football, a fifth straight bowl appearance and, and the things that he's accomplished. Uh, and he's committed to throwing that ball around the field a little bit more this year too. So I think Kentucky of, of my eighties, nineties coaching era uh, was much more a team that, that you might've said, okay, if we just go play our best football, we're going to win this game. Kentucky, you can't say that in the SEC anymore. You can't say if we just play our best, we're going to win this game. Now, how does that affect ULM? What's well, even going to be a greater separation in the talent levels on the field, we have to have something special happen. A turnover that we pick up for a touchdown, an interception that goes for six, 
uh, a, a block, something, a block punt or something. We have to have things happen that usually result directly in a score and not have to get a fumble recovery and drive 70 yards. So those things can happen. And so we've got to be ready, be, play our best football and be ready. Well, I want to go back to something you said, uh, you know, about Coach Stoops opening up the offense, maybe a little bit more, throwing the ball around a little bit more. I'm not going to believe it until I see it, uh, especially when you got a guy like Chris Rodriguez running the ball for you, a great offensive line up there at Kentucky as well. Um, so do you truly believe they're going to open it up more this year? Uh, like at Kentucky? Absolutely. Yes, abs- absolutely. I, I think they are. I think that's the, that's the, the uh, Coach Cohen. I believe he, they've got a style that's, that's wide open. I don't think anymore when you open the ball up means you don't run the football. First of all, you got Levis at quarterback. He's probably a better runner than he is a thrower. The guy can run the football, and he's got an excellent throwing ability too, and that's the scariest kind because, yes, they throw it well enough to hit, hit all the passes, but what they love to do is to get on the get, up, get downfield running the football. So that really scares us, his ability to run with the football and take a, 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 a run-pass option and take the run at you, and it hurts you very bad. So, no, I think it'll be a fast and upbeat. I think it'll be the style that uh, uh, that Mark Stoops would want to play. I think that's what he wants to do right now. Now, I don't think anybody knocks having a good running attack, and you got to have a good running attack. But I think when you base it around the premise that we're going to spread people out and we're going to throw it enough that they have to cover people, and that's going to let our quarterback run the football and our ball and our and our and our backs run the football against lesser numbers. So sometimes when you when you start with a pass to end with a run, then you get more running done than you think because everybody's everybody covers everybody in the pass till, and they don't cover the run. Awesome, wonderful. Well, this is Coach Terry Bowden, uh, first year at Louisiana Louisiana Monroe Warhawks football. They'll be coming to Kroger Field uh, for Game One with the University of Kentucky. Uh, Coach Bowden, uh, it truly is an honor. Thank you for being on with us. Uh, continued prayers to your family for peace and comfort. And uh, I know, you know, your dad is, has had, had a great testimony for the Lord. I pastor here in Kentucky. And so I look up to, to guys like that as well. So thank you so much uh, for being with us. We appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. A big thank you to Coach Bowden. It truly was an honor, as I said, to interview Coach uh, Bowden, his father, uh, influential for anyone who loves college football and especially for people who grew up around the time I grew up, Bobby Bowden was one of the most uh, well-known successful coaches of that time. And so it was, it's an honor and I sure appreciate coach Bowden and again, his staff for being so helpful and accommodating when it come came to interviewing him as well. Well, we're going to wrap up the first ever sports stove local hour with a couple quick closing thoughts. And let's start off with the expectations for Kentucky. Uh, when I look at the Kentucky schedule right now, the potential for an eight-win season is definitely there. And I know some people say, oh, it's going to be way more than that. I know other people think it's going to be way less than that. But when I look at this schedule, I see games that have to be won, games that that in the past they have not won. And if they don't win them this year, they're going to continue to kind of hang around that mediocre middle-of-the-pack uh, area here in in Lexington. And I think that success this season, like I said, has to be a winning record in the SEC. And this is going to be a hard year to do it. You look at this game, we kick off this week with Louisiana Monroe. Then next week is Missouri, then Chattanooga. So I expect wins at Louisiana Monroe and Chattanooga. Then week four is South Carolina. I expect Kentucky to win one of Missouri or South Carolina there. I think it's losses when you play Florida. LSU and Georgia, three games in a row. If they win one of those games, that would be a huge upset and definitely will be a turning point in the season and this program, probably a highlight of this program as well. Then after those three tough games, you've got Mississippi State and Tennessee. I think Kentucky wins one of those two games. I think Tennessee is going to be sneaky good this year. Not like great. Not I think they're going to be in the same area as Kentucky when it comes to the win totals. But I don't think that Tennessee is an easy win like many people think. Then you got Vanderbilt. That's a gimme. You got New Mexico State. That's a gimme as well. And then you end the year with Louisville, uh, which could be a tough matchup. A lot of that's going to depend on health and where everybody is uh, there. 
I have the Kentucky prediction for this year at six wins. And I know Kentucky fans hate to hear that. They think I'm I'm too low on the win total, but I'm just looking at the schedule. I'm just looking at the competitions that's there. It's just not simple. And, and there are games they should win, and I admit that too. I think Kentucky should win some of these games, but we've yet to have it proven that Kentucky be, can consistently win the games that they're supposed to win, especially when we talk about in the conference games like Missouri, games like uh, South Carolina, although they should have no problem there, uh, games like Tennessee, Mississippi State. Those are the games where you go, well, you should win those games if you're at the level where the expectation is. I'm just not quite sold yet. I would love for, for me to be wrong on this. I'm just not quite sold yet of what's there for them. You look at EKU, I think that they're an eight-win team this year. They've got a schedule laid out for them to win those eight games. And, uh, of course, they're looking for a championship this year as well under Coach Walt Wells. So that's kind of where I am. I, you know, I, I get a little tired of the local fan, you know, being excited about being bowl eligible. At this point in Mark Stoops' career as the Kentucky head coach, Kentucky fans should not be satisfied with being bowl eligible. You play the week non-conference schedule for the purpose of getting bowl eligible, right? And so the expectation needs to be better than that. There should not be dancing in the streets when Kentucky's bowl eligible. There should be dancing in the streets when they're winning SEC games consistently. And maybe they do that this year. Maybe they they are able to accomplish that. Um, but at the end of the day, this is a team that has to meet expectations, and they have not done that for quite some time. I like Mark Stoops. I think he's a, a good I might even say decent coach. I think he's a very good recruiter. And I think he's got a good coaching staff put together this year as well to help them accomplish what they're set out to accomplish. So please don't hate me, Big Blue Nation. I'm just speaking what I believe. And I I hope that I'm wrong when it comes to this as well. But that's where I see the season going. Kentucky at six wins. Eastern Kentucky at eight wins uh, here this season. A big thank you to Walt Wells and Terry Bowden for joining us today. We did reach out to the U- University of Kentucky requesting interviews with uh, any of the coaching staff. Ultimately, we originally started, of course, uh, with Coach Stoops, but uh, we never heard back from anybody at the University of Kentucky. So we'll continue to try and hopefully we'll be able to, to talk with someone there in the coming weeks. Uh, we will have guests on every week. Uh, working on guests to help us with uh, talking Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky sports. Excited to get some players, coaches, um, some people from the conferences in, things like that as well, and try to give you a full scale from there. If you enjoyed this episode, would you please rate, review, share, tell tell everybody about it. We're trying to get the word out uh, about the local hour and uh, talking specifically University of Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky University sports. And of course, we have the podcast, the Sports Stove podcast, the local hour is a part of that. Uh, we've got great episodes. We talk football, we talk baseball, we talk basketball, uh, wide variety pros and college and a lot going on there. Some great interviews with guys like UFC fighter Sam Alvey, uh, local UFC fighter Harry Hunsucker has been on a couple times as well. Then we've got uh, Tom Allen from Indiana, like I mentioned before. We've got Aaron Torres, the radio host, um, a number of other people that have been through athletes, writers, all kinds of stuff. So go back and listen to past episodes. Make sure you don't miss out on those. Subscribe. Every Wednesday, we're dropping the local hour specifically for you, Big Blue Nation and EKU fans. It's a matter of pride. And uh, so here we go. This is what it's all about. Thank you to IPM Pest and Termite for sponsoring the local hour. Make sure you visit myipm.com to get more information about how they can help you. Give them a phone call, check them out, let them know that you heard about them on the Sports Stove Local Hour, and that would be greatly appreciated as well. Support those that support us. Thank you for tuning in to the all new Sports Stove Local Hour. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. 